You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. my joy and my privilege to present to you tonight the, my, my beloved country, Philippines, uh, f- for our prayer focus this month. Uh, the Philippines is composed of 7,640 islands with a population of over 100 million people. The United Pentecostal Church has over 2,500,000 churches, including preaching points all over the country. And in 2022, we celebrated our 65th anniversary. Amen. And last month, uh, February 26, uh, 22 to 26, we had our general conference with an attendance of 8,000 people plus 2,000 outside of the dome where they have sent a tent and a digital screen. And we were so grateful that many have received the Holy Ghost and many were baptized in water in Jesus' name. Amen. In fact, there were 25 deaf people that were present in attendance in John Conference, and five of them received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Praise God. And nine baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Currently, there's some uh, restoration ministries that are uh, traveling uh, province to province, led by uh, Brother Jeff Mallory, and um, they are conducting crusades and this past week they had baptized 26 people in water in Jesus name praise God and uh, currently they are now in Bacolod city where I am from I've seen some uh, pictures that uh, there are now currently where I grew up so I am so excited what God is doing in my province back in 2012 uh, the United Pentecostal Church Philippines Philippine Islands had a vision and started a goal of one million souls in five years. We call this OMSIFY as an acronym. So 2012 to 2017. The year 2018, Brother Roger Buckland, the regional director for the Pacific Islands, announced that we have reached around 1.2 million constituents currently in the nation of the Philippines. Praise God. We're so grateful for what God is doing. Amen. Not just in the Philippines, but all over the world. While I rejoice, while I am uh, uh, I'm excited, while I'm rejoicing in this, in this victory, I believe there's still lots of work that needs to be done in the, nation, in the country of the Philippines. Given the ratio of the population of 100 million, um, it's only 1.2 million of the total population of our church. And we are looking forward to advance the kingdom of God for a greater revival that's going to take place. Amen. Praise God. We also had our major, major transition during the general conference. Um, we elected a new general superintendent, uh, Pastor Cesar Pistano. So, uh, prayer request, we, uh, I want to ask everyone to pray for the Philippines as uh, pray for the continuous growth and direction as we navigate in this transition in the will of God. And secondly, I want to ask to pray for harvest and send more laborers into the field. This is just the beginning of the greater revival taking place all over the world. But until then, we will occupy until He comes. God bless us all. Man, I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing around the world. And you and I get to be part of it through missions, and this is a, a great missions church. Thank you for your faithfulness in missions in all aspects at home and abroad. Amen. Missions is not just overseas. Missions is in your backyard. Missions is down the street from where you live. Amen. Missions is every community within our city, across our province, across our country, our continent, and around the world. Thank you for being missions-minded, church. As long as you remain missions-minded, God will leave and make sure that there's revival in this city. 
Well, that didn't sound too confident, but I can assure you, if you want to have revival where we live, then we better remain missions-minded. Amen. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. We welcome our guests online and anyone that's with us in person. Thank you for being in God's house. Amen. Just a couple quick announcements. Uh, I want to thank the 95 people that were in prayer on Friday night. We had a great time in the house of the Lord for prayer uh, Friday night. And just I, I have no doubt that prayer is making the difference in our services. And I want to, I want to touch base with you about prayer this week. Because um, just so everyone is aware, this week is Cherish Conference. And so <clears throat> Cherish Conference is uh, a, a very important event for our district. And this church has been doing that, uh, the event here for the past, this will be 15 years, I believe, uh, in this church. And so uh, on Friday night, I'm encouraging you to get together with a few families if you're not part of Cherish Conference and gather at homes and have prayer at people's homes on Friday night, because if you come here, there will be about 300 women here, and unless you're a woman, you won't fit in. So uh, I, I want you to make sure that there's prayer, but I would encourage you to get together with a couple families and have some prayer time at your house. Uh, at a location because prayer is absolutely crucial to our church moving forward and so I encourage you to do that amen uh, please take note on the 22nd of March which is a Wednesday night uh, we'll be having our annual business meeting so that's two Wednesdays from now so please keep that in mind and uh, we'll be continuing our series this Wednesday night uh, and um, you come and be faithful to the house of the Lord thank you for doing that uh, it's it's absolutely important that we are in Bible study night, prayer night, all those things. I, I will tell you that if you were here this morning, thank God for filling two people with the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. And uh, if you were here during service, you got to see a baptism happen. And if you went home and ate lunch, two other people got baptized while you were eating. So we had three people got baptized this, after, this morning. We're thankful for what God is doing. Amen. We thank God for what he's doing in other churches uh, around our city and our daughter works satellite churches. Some great services that are happening. Great reports that are coming. So I thank God for all of that. We are blessed tonight to have with us Brother and Sister Beak. Brother and Sister Beak, we got to spend some time together today and it's so joyful and they're wonderful daughters. And uh, both uh, Brother Beak and Sister Beak come from missionary families. And uh, Brother Beak, of course, you can maybe assume that his parents are Brother and Sister Beak, and they were on the missions field for many years. It just, uh, we call it semi-retired because um, they won't actually retire. Ministers never really retire. And uh, Sister Beak, her, her uh, parents are Brother and Sister Kelly, just longtime missionaries. And uh, this, this wonderful family's missionary to Scotland. And they're with us at Mission Point tonight, and we're so blessed to have them in our district, but we're also so blessed to have them in our church. Brother Beak, come and minister the word of the Lord tonight. I consider him my friend. Amen. Minister to this wonderful church, if you would. Amen. 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 Why don't you clap your hands under the Lord today? Come on, why don't you just really do that from the bottom of your heart? If you truly love him with everything, come on, really love the Lord just for a moment and just say, God, you're good to us. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Truly, it is so good to be here with you. And uh, we give honor to this precious church. You might not know us personally, but uh, we know of you and uh, your reputation as a, a mission-minded church goes beyond just these four walls. And your love for missions goes beyond here as well. And so uh, the memorandum that you have set for your heart for missions, uh, it is something that beats as a pulse across this nation and across the world. And you get to be a part of that. And you have, of course, an amazing pastor, brother and sister Carter, and we love them dearly. Now, they have been uh, to where we are in Scotland. Uh, this morning, we, we started a new mission field in Ireland, but... Uh, we have, we've, we've had many works there in Ireland, and we have been a part of that work as well. And we love them, and they've been with us, and we enjoyed our fellowship very thoroughly today, and just reconnecting with them. 
and we appreciate them. Now you have the cream of the crop. You have amazing pastorship in this church and the vision. Amen. That's all right. Give them a hand clap. And uh, I want you to know as, as that mantle was lifted today, I felt we'll, we'll get behind and we'll be praying for Pastor and Sister Carter uh, this month as our prayer focus as well, because it is good to pray for our leadership. Amen. Uh, I want to also give honor to Brother Robertson and you and your lovely family as well. Didn't get to meet you much, but give honor to you, Associate Pastor. Brother Hanscom, good to meet you. I called you by somebody else today, but now we know each other and we're, we're straight. And I hope we're friends by the time I leave today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I called him somebody else, but uh, we got it right. We got it connected. To everybody else, God bless you. Thank you for welcoming us, making us feel at home. I just feel like this is just being in our church, and I love that. Amen. That's all right. That's, that's the atmosphere that you set in this room. And I feel at home in the house of God. And that's what your guests feel like. And that's what people that come in. And this atmosphere that you keep and that you set for people to come in. That's where God is going to change people's lives. Amen. Thank God for being a part. And uh, I do pause and I just want to greet our good friends. I know our, uh, in Scotland, we have people on in Scotland right now. They asked where you're preaching tonight. And I said, we're preaching at Mission Point in, in St. John. And so our, our overseer pastor is there, brother and sister Scherzer. They're joining us. I greet you all. Last Sunday, they baptized in Jesus' name, 10 wonderful people in, in the name of Jesus. And if you know anything in Scotland, that is a great report, praise God, because we rejoice over the one a lot. <laughs> but thank God for the 10 that went down in Jesus' name, and thank God for the people that gave their life to the Lord. And two more today, God is doing great things in Scotland. And it's your investment, I, I, I reiterate that again, it's your investment that is, is causing things to grow. And uh, I will get to the word in a moment. I feel a very strong uh, urging of God's presence for this church and what he has for you. But can I say it's your investment into the things of God. Don't stop investing, not just your money. Missionaries don't just need money. They need prayers. They need people that will reach out and say, hey, we are praying for you right now. They need people that will say, hey, what do you need over here? Anything you need done, not just finance, folks. That's not what we need. We need people that will invest with everything that they are and say, hey, I'm willing to get behind what God is doing across the world. And God always pays that forward to what you do here and to what God is going to do in a mighty way. Amen. I will just share quickly uh, with you all because it is Mission Sunday. Uh, we thank God in the last five years we have seen exponential uh, work that God has done in our lives. Uh, your pastor will tell you that when he was there, it was one church that was there in Scotland. But I stand before you today to say that we have now uh, increased in our church. We have probably grown over 100% in our main sanctuary. We have also started uh, just four years ago, we started a Spanish work that is now running about between 70 to 75 people on a Sunday. We also have connections in the Romanian community. And I told your pastor, God is just unfolding those things slowly. But there is over 600 people that are coming to that work there in Glasgow, connecting with us and saying, how can we partner with you to build the kingdom of God? God is doing great things. Two preaching points and many lives being impacted. Yes, we got a great work to do, but I thank God for what he's doing. Can we give him one more hand clap of praise? Come on, just give him some love today for Scotland, for around the world. Come on, for what he's doing right here in Mission Point. For two, getting the Holy Ghost today. For three, getting baptized. Come on, let's thank the Lord and love him for a moment. Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 41, verse 17 to 25. And then I don't normally do this, but I have another portion in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23 and 24. It says this, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed, well-favored. And they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill-favored and lean. Such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. 
course, they're talking about cows. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as at the beginning. And so I awoke. And I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up and one stalk full and good. Behold, seven ears withered thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears, and I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. I feel a prophetic word in that. I'll get to that in just a moment for this church. But I want to go to Proverbs 16, 23 and 24. It says, The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth, and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. I don't know if you could, just one moment. I really feel we need just to pray one more time and say, God, just lead us in this time. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence that is in this place. You see everybody, you see every mind, you see every life, oh God. And you see what the need is in this house, Lord. And as you have put it on my heart, Lord, let it be so for this people. Let this word be brought with love. Let it, Lord, be shared, oh God, with the goodness of your spirit we felt this morning. And I pray, oh God, that, Lord, as your word does not return void, let it go forth and perform that which it need to do and bring it back as glory unto your name in Jesus' mighty name. You say amen with me. Amen. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes. And seeing as your pastor set the way, I don't, I don't take my pleasure tonight in doing what he does because he has all rights. But I, I gave a country uh, title as well. So if you would allow me, I want to talk to you about the milk may be sour, but the honey is still good. Somebody say amen. 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 The scripture that we opened up with, we see that God, begin to give Joseph understanding of what it took to preserve the nation Israel in one of the worst famines that the then known world would ever see. It wasn't only to preserve them, but it was to give them power to come up out of Egypt. Somebody say power. And so God gave Joseph the keys to transform Israel from slaves into sons and to daughters. And if there's anything that I want to do today in this service, I want somebody to say with me, I want to be more than what I am right now in Christ. Amen. I wonder if you would say that just a moment with somebody and turn to somebody and say, I want to be more than I am right now in Christ. You see, but before this happens, there's got to be a belief system set up in your mind. That belief system has to be hooked and anchored to the one who can perform it in your life. I know no other that can change me like Jesus can. I know no other that can touch me like Jesus can. And I tell you one thing, there is not a shadow or a doubt in my mind that doesn't say that God can't transform any individual. He is a God of impossible things. And if you would only believe tonight and say, God... I'm going to be more than what I am. I might be stuck in a rut. I, I might be in a hard place. I might be behind a rock. I might be hidden right now. But wherever my life is, you got to believe with all your might that God can transform you into more than you are right now. If I could press another thought into your mind today, it's that we got to hold dear. And I say this with all sincerity. we got to hold dear to the Word of God. And his spirit. You got to hold on to that right now because everything around you is trying to take it away. And if you're not holding it, it's going to get quickly gone. When it comes to your walk with Jesus, somebody needs to say in your heart, I want to preserve apostolic truth. I want to build a storehouse for the divine wisdom and knowledge of God to work and operate in my life. But can I say on the opposite side of that? When it comes to your struggle, when it comes to what you're going through, I want you to leave this service tonight by saying, I want to overcome my famine and my struggle. I want somebody to say in their spirit, I'm going to come up out of Egypt and I'm going to walk in the goodness and the mercy of God like Pastor Carter preached this morning. You see, 
when it comes to the rubber meeting the road. God will preserve you. And God will bring you up out of your Egypt. God will bring you up out of your struggle. But i got to be around some people tonight that would agree with me in the Holy Ghost before we can get to where God wants to move and minister in this service. I wonder if you would just for a few moments let me speak to you about this. There's some things that the church of this hour is facing. But there is also some mighty move of God that is just trickling behind the scenes, getting ready to release upon us. And if we would get our eyes on the right thing, God will do some things that you've never seen Him do before. God will begin to unfold some things that you never could imagine that He would do. And He's about to do that in our midst. And so when we look at the scripture that we read in Genesis, Joseph was simply saying to them, the key to our survival as a nation in the middle of one of the greatest famines that is about to come upon us, he said is, don't let the bad eat up the good. Let that sink in for a moment. I've seen it before in my life. I've grown up in church. I've seen people get a direct word from God. They know in their heart what God is calling them to do. They know what God wants them to do. And they feel good about what they feel good about. But then all of a sudden, here comes the bad running down the road after them. Here comes the circumstance of life that wants to devour the purpose of God and diminish the purpose and power of God in their life. But somebody's got to wake up and just all of a sudden see that that is the simple trick of the enemy. And that's the only single thing that he can do. Because every time God moves in a service like we've seen today in this house. And every service that God moves and he begins to speak to people's lives. We should not be so simple minded to say that when we walk out this door. That he's not going to come for us. He's coming for us. But here's the thing that I would stand and say with you today. If you would agree in the Holy Ghost with me. I'm not going to let the good things be eaten up by the bad that's about to come my way. Because I'm standing for something that is much bigger than what I'm going through right now. It might be a hard situation. It might be a tough road that's coming. It might be sickness facing me and, and I might be seeing some things come upon my family. But I'm not going to let the bad eat up all the good in my life. We're ordered, our steps are ordered of the Lord, the Bible tells us. But I believe in this hour our prayers need to be much more ordered of, by the word of God. And so if we want dominion over the bad and the negativity that comes our ways, we got to believe that God orders the steps of a righteous man. And the Bible says he delighteth in his way. And it needs to be like Psalms 119, 133. Order my steps in thy word, Lord, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. I wonder if there's a people of God that says, I'm just fed up with bad situations taking over all the good things that God has done in my life. I wonder if there's too many bad situations getting the glory where God should be getting the glory in your life. Jonah was called of God to Nineveh. Can't get any plainer than that. Can't get any simpler than that. He didn't have to wonder. He didn't have to speculate. The problem happened when Jonah didn't order his steps according to the word. And so his response to God's word was not right. And he began to choose a path in the opposite direction. The Bible says in Jonah 1.3 that Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare thereof. And he went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Can I tell you tonight that Jonah knew what to do? Jonah knew where he was supposed to go. Jonah knew what God was calling him to do. But something got a hold of Jonah's spirit. Something got in Jonah's mind. He began to allow the reputation of a city that God was calling him to. And the fear of that settled in his mind. It began to target his mind and the rejection of the prophets that would go to that city. And he heard of all the stories and it began to chew on his spirit. Until it finally swallowed him whole. Jonah 1.17 said the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. 
Don't just think the fish came along. He said, the Lord prepared that fish to swallow him up. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights because what was finally chewing on him finally swallowed him whole. And so if you notice in the scripture, it says that when Jonah ran, notice that he went down to Joppa and down into the ship. And then he went down to the bottom of the belly of the whale. Can I tell somebody tonight, we need a cure for what's chewing on our spirit, for what's setting in the back of our mind. Your struggle has had too much power over your life. There is too many things that are bad issues that you have faced and they are sitting in, in this pew tonight with you and you're sitting in this service and the presence of God is permeating this room and is trying to penetrate into your heart and life. But the bad situation is eating up all the good things that God is trying to do in this room. I feel we need a cure for what's chewing on us and gnawing at our spirit because if we continue to allow it to chew on us, it's eventually going to swallow us up and take us down to the bottom. Notice that John, jo, uh, Jonah, he didn't go up. He went down, down, down. Because he let it swallow him whole and take over his mind. Can I tell somebody and be honest with you? I thank God that in the story of Jonah... There was a point in a time where he began to realize that I can't let this bad situation of what I believe that Nineveh is going to be and, and what happened to all the other prophets and what happened to all the other preachers that went there. And he began to say, hey, Jonah, you got yourself in a pickle here. Jonah, you let this thing eat you whole. And he said, all of a sudden, it was like something that hit his spirit. And the Bible says it like this. It says, Jonah remembered the Lord. I feel like there's going to be a remember the Lord in this in the service today and I believe it in the Holy Ghost I felt this in the, in the beginning of the service this morning as we walked in here I told your pastor I said when I walked into the service I was tossing a few messages back and forth in my mind and all of a sudden we got in the song service today and the Lord told me it's between the good and the bad and then your pastor preached on the goodness of the Lord I tell you what my heart was jumping on the inside but something began to chew on me a little bit this afternoon and God began to tell me you need to tell this church stop letting the negativity stop letting the bad situation stop letting the sickness eat you up stop letting the troubles and the woes and the sorrows of life take everything that God is doing around you because there's a work of God that is taking place and he doesn't want it to eat up all the good things that he's done in your life come on would you just throw your hands up for a moment and say God I love you Jesus I thank you for what you've done come on if you got to look back to when he saved you say Jesus I thank you for what you've done way back when Jonah remembered the Lord and he prayed unto God out of the fish's belly and you see what happened in that moment, what was chewing on him, the very thing that consumed him and swallowed him whole. If you would remember the Lord, that which you are facing and that which is trying to eat up all the good things, it will not stay. If you will remember the Lord, guess what it's got to do? It's got to release you. That fish spit him out because Jonah began to pray and said, God, I'm sorry for saying those things. I'm sorry for running from the call. I'm sorry for running from what you told me to do I'm sorry for not going to the altar I'm sorry for not submitting my life I'm sorry for not heeding the pastor that was preaching the word I'm sorry oh God for not giving it over to you guess what happened in that moment all of a sudden the situation released him I tell somebody tonight, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. If you would just surrender to God and remember the Lord in the middle of your struggle right now, God is going to do much more in this service than we could even fathom. I really feel that there's a release of miracles in this house tonight. I really feel that in the Holy Ghost. And it might not just be miracles of bodies being healed, but I'm talking about hearts being healed tonight situations have been broken for too long being healed in the Holy Ghost tonight if we would just say God I remember you in all the situation I'm looking to you again I'm not getting my eyes off of you Jesus David said I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart wait I say on the Lord the psalmist David was saying here, I'd fainted, I lost out. 
I had been consumed. I've been swallowed up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In church, we got to believe to see the goodness of God. Like pastor preached about it in this church, in this city, and around this world. It's trying to distort our eyes, but we're still people that walk by faith and not by sight. Am I right? I really felt the second message I was going to preach tonight was, what are you looking at? What do you, what, where's your eyes cast upon? And I tell you what, we, we are people that walk by faith and not by sight. We don't let what the world is trying to view and not be the direction that we follow. Yes, there might be rules and laws of land that we have to adhere to so that, that we don't lose our way and, and we lose our influence in the kingdom of God and, and all of a sudden things can go really awry. But let me tell you this, we don't let the world dictate what happens in the church. We don't let the world dictate how we're going to have church and how I'm going to live for God because that's just not the way it is. We're living in that hour. I'm telling you, we live in a nation that is very perverted. Scotland, the first nation to ever trial run and have drag queens as teachers and all those kind of things. Yes, it happened. it's happening in the States and you hear it probably happening around here. Some of the perverted things that are happening around the world, but I can't let my eyes be on those things because there's too much good in, in the kingdom of God. There's too many good things that God wants to release around us. And if I get my eyes on that, it's going to pervert what God wants to do. With his goodness in my life. So I come to tell somebody. It's time to take the limits off God. Stop being critical. And start being thankful. Be thankful tonight that we have a God. My dad taught me. He says when you wake up in the morning. Don't you say anything but thank you Jesus. I thank God that that still sticks with me today because when I get up in the morning, it's thank you, Jesus. I made it to today. I made it to this morning. I, I thank you, Jesus, that I get to get up and breathe and, and get to be a part of the kingdom and get to be a part of the work that you've called me to. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I tell you what that does. It sets something in my heart and my mind for the day that no matter what comes, there's going to be thankfulness in my spirit that God is still good, that God is still good. Come on, does somebody believe that today? Come on, I see testimonies across this room today. I see testimonies of God's goodness. I don't know you personally, but God knows you personally. And whatever you faced and whatever you've gone through, God has surely brought you through it all. And He's kept you. And He's kept you through it all. Thank God. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? Thank you, Jesus. The dream that was given to Pharaoh, interpreted by Joseph, was the secret to the survival and eventually the saving of that then known world. But I want you to notice that that, that dream really had nothing to do with the bad. It was about the preservation. It was about people walking out of that nation with power. Bigger, better than they ever were. God never let that dream be interpreted so that it could turn people to look at the badness of that dream. No, that's not what it was about. It was about God's going to save your life. God's going to bring you out of this. Seven years of preparation so that you can make it through seven years of hard time. This is where I feel the prophetic word of God and God put it on my heart again just in our second song there in the service. Your pastor shared with me graciously today the vision that he has for the work around here. 33 churches. Such a, such a powerful statement to say. I tell you what, folks. In some of our eyes, we let our situation dictate how we respond to that and say, no, pastor, that's a lot. That's crazy. We got eight. We, do you know what it took to get eight churches, pastor? Do you know what it took to get this one going? I tell you, that's when you know that the bad is eating up all the good in your spirit. But when we can look at a vision like that and we can hear from a pastor's heart and, and all of a sudden we can hear and we can see that God has been faithful through it all. Yes, there's been some tough times, but he says, I, I believe that God is going to bring. Is this OK to share? I'm, God is going to bring 33 churches around this area and the surrounding towns. If that comes to our spirit, we should resoundfully say, yes, it can be done. I believe it can be done because there's something that when the people of God agree and we say in our hearts and our minds, no matter what we face and no matter how many times we've come through those up and downs, we should always stand up and say, God is more than able. God is more than able to do those things in our lives. 
There's got to be something in our spirit that just believes with every fiber of our being that knows that God will perform that which He desires to do. A preacher once said that the good, the bad, and the ugly, it comes to everybody. But I tell this church tonight, God is trying to give us wisdom to prepare for what He's about to do. We're not going to go through a famine, but there is going to be some hardships together here and across the world. We're going to face those things. But God has given His church a time and a window to prepare for what is forward uh, uh, before all of us. God has also given us wisdom to preserve the good right now because tribulation is coming. I'm not just going to preach about the good, but tribulation is coming. Let me tell you that. But it is not a time to fear. It is a time to have revival. It's not a time to fear, but it's time to have revival. My, my, my. Second Samuel 1.20 says, Tell it not in Gath, publish it not in the streets of Ascalon, lest the daughters of Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Can I say to us, we don't need to highlight the negative to the world anymore. The world knows negativity. They, that's all they know right now. But we need to give the world a, an apostolic perspective of faith. We need to be the ones that say, hey, God is with us. God is for us. I tell our, our church back home, I say to them all the time, stop dwelling on the bad things. You, you ever wonder why somebody looks at you when you walk down the street? It's because they know that there's something different about you. Don't turn their, your face from them. Don't snub nose them and, and don't cast them aside. They're looking at you because there's something different about you. But when we treat them the way the world treats them, guess what? We've just put the revival off a lot longer than it should have been. We put the things of God off and we, we've delayed God's hand in those things. But it's come to an hour of the church right now where God's saying, hey, I'm going to use those that are ready, those that are prepared to walk in what I've called them to walk in. And if you would just stand as a body today, as an individual and say, I'm not going to let everything that I'm going through destroy what God wants to do in my life and in my church and in my city and around this world. I, I, I prophesy over your life right now that God is going to release some things in you and he's going to break those chains of the things that are bad upon your life. And he's going to help you to walk in the goodness and the mercy that he has for you. I want to be like Elijah that prayed over the servant that says, Hey, you see a great army, but I see a greater army than that. I want to be like Elijah that stands by somebody that is lost and trembling and doesn't know what it means to have the power of God work in your life and say, Hey, you see that army visibly, but behind that, I see my God's army. I want to be somebody that speaks power and faith over those that are lost and concerned with the situations that they're facing it's not time to focus on the bad and it never gets so bad that God's goodness can't take us through it and so here is my response Deuteronomy 32 verse 3 because I will publish the name of the Lord ascribe greatness unto our God somebody needs to get a shout in your life and like your pastor said, I'm not reiterating or re-preaching. But we need a fresh understanding of who Jesus is, not just what He does. It's who Jesus is in my life. When I was praying before service, and I only had a few moments, and so just take this for what it is, but I believe the Lord spoke very clear to, clearly to me. There's many that speak my name, but they don't understand what that means. And I'm sorry to say, and I'm, I, you know what, please love me after this. I promise I'm a good guy. Please love me. I'm not saying this to, 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 to paint a bad picture, but there's some of us that speak the name of Jesus, but we're ashamed when we speak it. Because situations have eaten up the good in our life. And when we speak the name of Jesus, which is meant to have power and authority, it becomes diminished in us because we've let too many bad things destroy what God's good spirit is doing in our life. And I felt in the Lord today that when I was praying this. He said, too many speak that name, but they don't really understand what it means and what I can do and what it is to them when they speak that name. 
I want to tell somebody tonight, it is time to break the chains of those bad situations. And I, I pray in the Holy Ghost that when we leave this service tonight, that when you speak the name of Jesus over your home, the next time you feel something trying to creep in the door of your home, or next time you speak it over a situation, that you speak it with all power and all authority, that what it means to speak the name of Jesus. We need a, bread, a, a refreshed revelation of who Jesus is, not just what he does. The interpretation and the revelation of that day would allow Israel to survive and continue during the famine and the tough times, and during that lean times. That interpretation would be the means of their survival. And can I tell all of us today that God has a plan and God has a purpose for your life? Just like he has a church, a purpose for this church. And God has a revival that no matter what happens in Egypt, which is an example of the world, no matter what happens in this world, I don't care what the Pharaoh says or government leaders say, no matter what happens, we've got to remember that we're not going to let the bad eat up the good. Matter of fact, you might as well just go ahead and say the bad can't even stop the good. We're living in an hour of, of extreme contrast and contradiction and questions that are rising up. Good things are happening to bad people and bad things are happening to good people. But if we're not careful, we can allow this to affect our spirit. Bible says this, know also in the last days perilous times shall come. You can guarantee in the fact that in the last day times are going to come that are going to be tough. But you can make that your anthem if you want, your song, your flag, your banner. But there's something I believe we ought to say instead of that. In, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency and the power of God may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. I tell you what, that's just a, a memorandum right there of, of declaring the good and not letting the bad take it over. There's another verse I want to declare in this hour. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, say God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy I choose to dwell on the good and not the bad I choose to dwell on the good things of God and not the bad today if you're going to do that would you clap your hands under the Lord we face enough folks but I felt that this is a process for all of us not just this church but the church as a whole we need to get our eyes on the good things of God. A pastor once said, one lady in his church was so negative that the preacher said she could make a good cover go for the book of Lamentations. I'm just determined to believe there's much more God than there is devil. Much more grace than there is sin. Much more mercy than condemnation. Guess what? There's even much more Holy Spirit than there is devil spirit. I'm believing on the good things of God. Where sins abound, grace does much more abound. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Even goes on to say, greater is he that is within you than he that is in this world. Don't let the bad eat up the good. There was a man named Naaman, and I'm not going to be much longer. Naaman's leprosy would have taken him to the grave if it hadn't been for a little handmaiden who preached the truth to him. You got to see it this way. She was a captive. She was the slave. And her master, Naaman, was the one who pillaged her village, killed her relatives, drug her into a chariot by the hair of her head. And it was the same little maid that looked at Naaman and said, I don't know why I got to be a slave. She probably said, I don't know why this has all happened to me. I don't know why my family had to die. But guess what, Naaman? You don't have to die a leper. And she told him, there's a God in Israel. And in the middle of all her bad situations, she refused to let the bad things that happened to her life 
And instead, she turned and ministered to somebody else. The goodness and the mercy of God. I wonder tonight, and I want you to ponder this, how many souls will go to hell because people spent so much time pitying themselves? How many will be lost because we're so wrapped up in our problems that we let the bad eat up the good and it shut our mouths and it closed off our spirit? In Christian culture, we don't really have a problem living right. We just have a problem thinking right. And one of my pastors in my life, he said, it's called stinking thinking that we need to get rid of. Because it draws us up into a shell. Puts us in a place where we close ourselves in and all we can see is the negativity. But I believe today and tonight we need to shake ourselves and understand that God's goodness is still running after us. We need to remember the Lord is faithful in our life. And that the good outweighs the bad. One pastor said this. He said, my church, you might have heard this before, is a Rice Krispie church. It was asked, what is that? He said, it's snap, it's crackle, and it's pop. The other preacher looked at him and said, well, that's nothing. Mine just lay in the bottom of the bowl and soak up the milk. Listen, folks, we can marinate or elevate. I don't know. But don't let the bad eat up the good. Don't let the good be destroyed by all the bad things that happen in your life. God is still good. God is still faithful. And God has got much more in store for us. When Samson killed the lion, the Bible tells us he came back and he enjoyed the honey. But if you really think about the story, the only thing between Samson and that honey was some lion. It was a negative situation. Which one of us could look at a lion and say, I'm going to take you and kill you. Ain't nobody here going to do that. But can I also say to us, the only thing that is between some of us and our revival is some roaring line of a situation that is holding you back from what God really wants to do in your life. That line is telling you that God won't do it for you. That line tells you that God doesn't answer your prayer. And there's some line between you and your honey. And if you're going to taste that honey, it's going to come on the dead carcass of a defeated lion. Nothing that will stop us from revival, but the lies of the devil will try all his might. The beauty of that story with Samson is this, as you're standing with me, Samson killed the lion, he took the honey, and he shared that honey with his mom and his dad. But he did not tell him where it came from. Do you realize that Samson killed the king of the jungle with his bare hands and he told nobody about it? He didn't run to the, the next person in the pew and he said, hey, this negative situation happened. He said, no, I got some goodness out of this. There were some good things that came. And the only thing he spared, uh, he shared in that story and it has been said, this is not my saying. He spared the, the story, but he did share the glory. He took that honey and he shared it with those around him. He shared his family, encouraged them. But he did not tell them about the negativity of that situation. And I've come to this church tonight to say to you, what is on your heart, what is on your mind when you came into service tonight? If you carried in a weight, there's a God that is here to lift that weight. But don't you leave with that weight tonight. Don't you leave with that burden that has been weighing on you for too long. Maybe somebody's been carrying it for too long and God is looking at you and says, I'm the one that's supposed to carry that for you. I'm the one that wants to help you to make it all the way. There's a young lady in our church today because of a young man that went to school with her. This young lady, when he... He didn't know her from school, but one day he would cross paths with her quite often. But she lived on the other side of a bridge. And one day, this young man who is a minister in our church now, he was walking across that bridge. And this young lady that he knew was standing on the wall of that bridge. He didn't know, but he finally took the opportunity. He said, he said Pastor, I was facing a lot of things in my life. But I just seen 
my friend there. And he said, in that moment, I felt to just say, hey, Jesus loves you. Come to find out after he walked on by her. She walked off that bridge with tears in her eyes and followed that young man and said, where do you go to church? And he told her she came about two weeks later. And on the third week, she told her testimony. She said, I was standing on that edge of that bridge ready to give my life. Jump over that bridge and take it. Until a young man came along and just said, Jesus loves me. And she said, I don't know the love of God like he knew it. But when he says that to me, he said there was, she said there was something in his words that began to change her mind and change her heart. And when she began to experience it a few weeks later on an altar, and God filled her with his spirit, she quickly understood what it meant when he said those words. I've come to tell somebody tonight, I've walked by too many people and so have you. Too many people that can know the love and the goodness of God because I've been too distracted by what I'm facing to reach out and to love them like somebody loved me. And the burden and the weights that we've carried have distracted us from the goodness of God in operation in our lives. And in this room today, in this altar, if I could ask one thing, if you're carrying some heavy loads that have been burdensome for your life, don't you be ashamed for one thing because every one of us carries some things today. But I'm asking if you would come to this altar and lay it down before the Lord. Because God's goodness is running after somebody tonight in this house. And there's a work that is to be done in this city. And He needs every one of us not focusing on those bad things anymore. But focusing on God's love. Focusing on His faithfulness. Focusing on His mercy. Focusing on every day I'm thankful that God has given me another day. I feel that in the Holy Ghost right now. And if there's somebody that is ready to make their way down to an altar, why don't you just go ahead and take a step? Because the moment you hit this altar, God is going to lift something off of your shoulders today. And He's going to begin to refresh you in your life. As you begin to lift your hands and praise Him, He's going to begin to lift every burden, every care off your shoulder. And He's going to prepare you and preserve you for what he has next in your life there's greater things that are yet ahead but you got to come down to this altar and say God I'm willing to lay it all down before you I'm willing to see oh God the goodness in my life one more time I'm willing Lord to overlook the bad things the struggles the worry the financial messes Lord all those things that I've been through and God I want your goodness to be all that I see in my life. I know this is hard to ask. I know it's hard to ask. But would you raise your hands? Would you block the individual out beside you? Would you get in a, a throne room with the Lord right now? And would you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and say, God, I lay everything at your feet. I lay it all at your feet today, Jesus. I lay every care. Come on, there's families that need to be restored. There's people that need to be restored in their mind, in their heart right now. And this is all for what God's purpose is beyond this moment. Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.